All right, so just a few things, guys, um, and I'll dive right in. Um, so I have rushed up to get here this morning, and I have to leave immediately after. So I wish I had some time to visit with you folks, but, but uh, I've got to get down the road. So if you have any questions or anything, make sure you, you address them with me uh, uh, as I'm speaking. Uh, first, on a national perspective, uh, a couple of big things that we're working on. First is labor. You know, the H-2A uh, labor program is crucial to our industry. Uh, the Department of Labor, back about uh, 60 days ago, put out a proposed rule that could significantly change labor costs. Um, what they're attempting to, so they, they put out a rule and then they do a comment period. And so everybody that's affected can comment on the proposed rule. Then they look at all of these comments and they issue a final rule. So they put out the proposed rule. We went through the comment period. The comment period ended yesterday. And of course, the League and Louisiana Farm Bureau, every agricultural interest in the, in the country just about uh, supplied comments. And, and uh, in short order, what the proposed rule does is it attempts to segregate out various jobs on the farm. And the Department of Labor is proposing that someone who plants sugarcane as just a pure field laborer uh, versus a, a heavy equipment operator or a harvester operator, those pay rates should be different in the H-2A program. And a truck driver is different than somebody that plants cane, and that truck driver should be compensated at a higher rate. And, and so uh, that's in short order what the proposed rule did. Uh, our comments were to say in the sugarcane business and in farming in general, you could have a, a guy operating a combine at one moment and then uh, washing it the next moment. And, and so our, our uh, comments were to say, listen, department, that's completely uh, difficult and impossible for us to manage. You need to keep it the same so that each farm laborer receives that same adverse effective wage rate. And I think that rate for this year is 1245. Last year it was 1283, something like that. Um, this could, if they, uh, if, if they were successful in breaking out these farm jobs, then a truck driver wait rate could go to 20 bucks an hour. Okay? That's significant and, and expensive to us. Um, so I'm not sure how this is going to play out, but it's a very significant issue for us. Uh, H-2A, you know, folks ask me what concerns me most in the sugar business, and, and right now I think labor issues are ahead of sugar policy stuff. I just think it's, it's that important for us. So we'll see where this falls out. Uh, and the, the bad thing about labor, folks, I wish I could sit up here and tell you that the American Sugarcane League and sugar interest in general has the political strength to change that stuff. It's very difficult from a legislative side, like going to do the politics. And it's because labor is, is a national issue. If we try to fix a labor issue that's specific to sugar, we, we propose legislation. And then the guys on the far right say, no, you're not fixing that labor issue until you close the border, okay? The guys on the far left say, we're not going to vote for your fix unless you allow all of the illegals to become citizens. And so they drag all of this stuff together, and the League, American Farm Bureau, all of the ag interest in the U.S. together, our ability to 
to address labor from a legislative perspective is very, very difficult. The issue is just gigantic. I mean, we could take $10 million in money and go buy some high-shot lobbyist in Washington to help us try to get this fixed. It, the, the issue is just, I mean, you're, in the presidential elections, how much you heard about immigration issues? The wall, all that stuff. So all of a sudden we're trying to fix a sugar issue and we're fighting against the wall. So I just want you to understand the political realities of trying to get fixes done. Um, on sugar issues, sugar issues only affect sugar farmers. And so we can, we can get things done on sugar issues because we don't have to fight the wall on sugar issues. So I just want you all to understand what we're doing. We're working in, co in collaboration with everyone, but, but labor is a big issue for us. Uh, second, uh, the WIP Plus Disaster Assistance Program. Uh, we had a meeting uh, yesterday with a group of people to, to try to figure out how we can use the WIP program for sugarcane. Uh, and that's one of the things that we can affect. This is just a kind of sugar issue. So we're, we're working on, on, uh, on the WIP program to come up with a plan that will help uh, sugarcane farmers uh, for the 2021 crop. It's available also for 2020. For 2020, you can supply, uh, apply through your FSA office. For the 2021 uh, WIP program, we can move it through mills, and it's really going to help folks that, primarily the folks down in the southeast part of the uh, belt that really had some, some very poor yields uh, there. So we'll, we'll keep in touch with you on that. One of the things that you need to do on that, though, is you need to know, well, we're hopeful that we can get a program put in that will compensate growers for a disproportionate amount of cane that was supposed to go to the mill that had to be used for seed because of a poor crop. And to do that, you need to know what your uh, acres are uh, that you consumed in seed this year. So if, if you don't have that data available on your farm, we're sending out an email to everyone in Alaska, LSU, to help distribute it. Um, you need to know exactly how many acres you consumed in seed and we're hopeful that we can get uh, that a disproportionate level of seed used this year uh, as a as another way of compensating for loss uh, the farm bill expires in 2023 uh, but for sugar it carries through the 2023 crop all the way into 24 2024 marketings i think we're going to be okay on the farm bill the suspension agreements, you know, that's the, the, the agreements that control uh, Mexico's imports into the U.S. Uh, those are in good shape. We still have a good uh, uh, trade council attorneys in Washington that manage all of that for us, and, and they hawk that and, and are making sure that, that all of that um, uh, stays into place. I think we're pretty pretty good shape there. Uh, in the state, a couple of issues. One is burning. Um, you know, burning complaints... I would say in general are kind of decreasing, but there are a couple of very, very significant complaints that, that we have to deal with. And, and one is a, a black snow fallout in urban areas, okay? And I'm specifically speaking about Lafayette. Um, uh, the River Ranch community gets, gets snowed on with black stuff uh, a couple of times a year. And that's a, that's a critical issue for us because the president of the Senate, of the Louisiana Senate, is a guy named Paige Cortez. 
and River Ranch is in his district. So when that happens, unfortunately, Paige's phone starts ringing a lot, a whole lot. And Paige has historically been a friend of ours. He understands sugar. He likes us um, and all of that kind of stuff. But when he's got his voters blistering him, it creates issues for us. And the president of the Senate has a lot of stroke and ability to do things. Um, and so I, and it's, it's, it's primarily standing burns that create the real significant issues for us. So I encourage you just to, you know, in the next harvest season, not only do you need to think of, of folks within a, a mile radius of your farming operation, but you need to think about five or six miles down away where that fallout is going to fall on you, you know, on, on people. That's, it's a significant issue. Uh, we had an issue in early January. Uh, Senator Cortez called Commissioner Strain and said, you're in charge of enforcing burn stuff. You need to get some enforcement things going on. And the commissioner did send out some fire investigators to do a little bit of investigating on that. Um, you know, the commissioner has, has five or six areas of the state that manage forestry burns and all other burns. And so there are actually investigators in place all across the state. And we don't want, you know, it's unfortunate, but we don't want a few bad episodes on the wrong area to f affect the 450 cane farmers in the whole state. So you just need to be very cautious with uh, that. Um, inside of parish government, parish kind of things, um, in St. Landry and Vermilion Parish, uh, there, those areas are very sensitive to uh, truck and heavy equipment operations on some of the parish roads in those areas. Um, there was some discussion of some proposed ordinances on, uh, on uh, cane trucks parked on roads waiting to be loaded and that kind of stuff. I think the local farmers in St. Landry and Vermilion kind of will have that under control, but that's another thing that we need to be just knowledgeable of and, and kind of cautious about when we try to uh, uh, do the right thing uh, in the industry. Uh, Moving on to research activities, you know, we have a dedicated research committee in the league that funds all of the research requests that, that the uh, researchers propose to us. Uh, the league's revenue is based on tons. This year, the, the tonnage for the state is right at 1,150,000 tons. Uh, dues rate and everything will remain the same, and, and so we'll, have, we'll certainly have adequate funds in dedicated research in that committee for those folks to... Uh, to uh, divvy out to appropriate research requests. So all of that's uh, going, going good. Um, in the, pa in the uh, belt, we still have a little bit of new acreage coming on. Um, our high water mark, the number that I'd like to see us reach is 2 million tons of raw sugar. Uh, two years ago or so, we got to about 1,920,000 tons of raw sugar. So I think there's still a little bit of new acreage <coughs> that comes on. I believe we delivered about 460,000 acres to the mills this year. I think that number will start bumping up against 500,000 acres, and, and uh, I'm sure that we're going to see in excess of 2 million tons of raw sugar uh, produced here in Louisiana, and that, that's just outstanding. That's, that's an indication of a, of a healthy, uh, healthy industry. Uh, a couple of other things with regards to the league. Our annual meeting and the ASSCT, you know, that, that's held in conjunction with each other. That meeting is next Tuesday and Wednesday 
uh, the 8th and 9th. Our annual meeting is on the afternoon of the 8th. I encourage all of our members to attend that. That's at La Berge, uh, the hotel and casino in Baton Rouge. So uh, try to try to make it there. Uh, last year's meeting was virtual. It's good to, to be back face to face with folks and and hopefully we'll uh, have a good meeting uh, next week. Additionally, um, you know, the American Sugarcane League turns 100 years old uh, this year. We founded in 1922. And that's that's a significant uh, birthday for us. Uh, to celebrate that and to kind of kick it off, we're having a, a centennial gala on February the 19th. It's going to be at the Capitol Hilton. Uh, we sent invitations out to, to all of our members. We've had fairly decent response, but we still have a little bit of room. So if you haven't been able to or haven't uh, RSVP'd for that, I'd encourage you to do that. You can go onto our website or call the, the league office and, uh, and RSVP uh, for that. It, it's, uh, you know, it's not often that we take uh, time out to, to celebrate the significant things that the American Sugarcane League does, that your money does for you, and, and uh, how it's put to work uh, for cane millers and cane growers, and uh, certainly appropriate for us to kind of pat ourselves on the back, for you all to pat yourselves on the back and enjoy, uh, enjoy a good time every once in a while. So I encourage you to come in and join us uh, for that. So with that, I'm glad to entertain any, any questions that you folks may have.